G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz with episode 113 of the Outback Mind podcast. Appreciate you joining in once again. Uh, I have Brett Burton along with me today. Uh, Brett was a, uh, a pretty exciting Footballer for the Adelaide Crows for many years, played 177 games, I think it was, leading goal kicker a couple of times, uh, mark of the year in 2009, uh, some awesome achievements uh, as a player, um, one of those uh, really uh, light, charismatic guys, and um, yeah, really, really been uh, impressed with Brett's journey, uh, sort of uh, inside and outside of football and what he's done sort of post-career, but now he's really... Um, passionate about well-being, uh, well-being in the workplace and, and also men's health and so forth too. So we're going to have a, a pretty deep conversation about all that uh, and um, you know, look at what he's actually doing to help uh, uh, change people's lives and keep people motivated uh, inside and outside the workplace, but also what he's doing uh, to keep himself physically, mentally well. And um, if we're not doing that, then uh, we can't help others. So it'll be really good to get, uh, sorry, good to get some tips and uh, advice from Brett about what he does to keep himself uh, in good nick and so forth. He's uh, in his 40s now. And um, yeah, certainly uh, uh, we need to adapt as the years go on. So uh, certainly Brett will uh, be able to give us some good guidance and advice around that. Just want to make a special mention to our primary partners, Green Nutritionals, who provide green organic superfoods. So if you're looking, lacking something in your diet or looking to boost your uh, performance, uh, definitely they have some amazing uh, green organic products. So I'd really encourage you to check out their website, greennutritionals.com.au. Also, if you're a bread eater uh, and you feel bloated from bread, try uh, Pure Life Bakery. They uh, supply breads which are sprouted. So when the grains in the breads are sprouted, our digestion works better. Their breads are available around Australia also, uh, purelifebakery.com.au. Also, if you're looking for staff, we're looking to get some work uh, in the mining construction sector, please check out MacForce Australia, M-A-C-F-O-R-C-E, Australia, sorry, macforce.com.au. Uh, so definitely um, able to support you if you're looking to uh, bring in people into your workplace that uh, can make a difference. So really encourage you to check out them and, uh, and support them as well. Alrighty, uh, I'm sure you're going to enjoy this chat with Brett and I. Please feel free to sh- uh, share with others that uh, you may feel find it helpful. Um, and also uh, uh, any ex-Adelaide Crows or Adelaide Crows supporters that might enjoy uh, what Brett has to say. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to enjoy this chat. Brett Burton, welcome to the Outback Mind podcast. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Looking uh, forward to having a chat. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, really, really grateful for uh, for uh, you know for this conversation, mate. Actually, while I think of it, you you'd know my cousin over there in Adelaide, Ray Titus, who used to work for the Crows. Oh. Yeah, you know Ray. I do. Razor Ray, we used to call him. He was uh, we used to call him Razor Ray or One Shot Ray. He was <laughs> the uh, the uh, the advertised photographer for so many years, and so we'd see him. Uh, you know, down training at games, and look, he used to come on the, you know, comes on trips away. So he really, he kind of become uh, part of the furniture, uh, you know, at the Adelaide Throws, um, being the, the main photographer in Adelaide. He was a very good man, and uh, he still is a good man, obviously, but uh, haven't seen him for a while because I'm not in that world anymore, and he's obviously retired. But uh, yeah, great fella, great fella, Ray. You think about uh, having a good life, mate. Ray used to tour with the Australian cricket team and. 
and uh, go to the West Indies back in the bloody 80s and, and all that and bring me back photos of, uh, of Viv Richards and, and, you know, him drinking beer with all these guys and that. And, and uh, yeah, it's been able to make a career out of something that he loves. So, you know, I'm sure we're going to talk about what it is to do something that you love throughout this conversation because it's pretty important to your, to your health if you're doing that. So I think Ray's had a pretty good, uh, a good life. Sure. I'd say yeah, uh, he would uh, yeah he would walk away from his uh, career pretty fulfilled, knowing that he uh, he was able to do something that he uh, enjoyed and loved for a living. And um, look, he, he certainly did in a way which uh, you know embraced the people around him. And, and often media can uh, I guess uh, you know can agitate at different times with, uh, but he was certainly one that um, you know he uh, he came from the caring side and um, and you know make sure that. Uh, he, uh, he did things where he was looking after the people that were looking after him and, um, yeah, he had, uh, had a good career and um, I'm sure made made lots of friends uh, throughout his career with the, the way uh, he went about it. So, um, no, good man, right? Good man. Well, mate, we'll talk about your career now. So I want to I wanna hear it from the start with regards to your upbringing. Obviously, brought up in Wyala, which is a, a rough and tumble place that's, um, that's in uh, rural um, South Australia. Obviously, uh you know, known for its industry and so forth there. So what was it like for you as a young fella getting brought up over there, mate? Yeah, well, it was, uh, you know, like most country towns, it's a great a great place to grow up and, and you know, lots of freedom and, uh, you know, sport was kind of your life. Um, you know, while I was back when I was there in, um, you know, in the 80s, I was born in 1978 and, uh, uh, and so lived in Adelaide until I was 10 years of age um, with the family. It was, uh, you know, around about 30,000, 25,000, 30,000 people at that stage, um, famous for, uh, you know, BHP town, so, uh, you know, still a mining town. Um, so, um, you know, it was, uh, it was just, you know, like most country towns where every weekend was just sport. We played, you know, footy and, and hockey and uh, tennis and did athletics and, you know, I remember going to, uh, you know, every Saturday we'd uh, go and watch my dad play footy and then you'd end up back at the footy club and mum would be in the kitchen doing counter meals and, uh, you know, dad would be coaching and, and playing. So it was, just a, it was just a great atmosphere and uh, I guess your life was just uh, revolved around sport and, and that's what's great about those country communities is that you know, everyone um, kind of uh, revolves their days and their weekends around that and, uh, but the community comes together because... Uh, you know, you just need everyone to chip in. So um, a good, really, I remember just a really good upbringing and just really enjoyable. And um, and then we, you know, we moved to Adelaide when I was um, uh, 10 years of age. So um, um, we, you know, we largely continued the sporting thing, but it was just, a, it was just a different upbringing in the city, I suppose. Mm, that's it. Uh, my word, and did you, did you, do you remember struggling, uh, like, from having that sort of freedom of being in the bush, but also moving to a big place like Adelaide when you were a young fella? Yeah, look, it was certainly different from, um, you know, from, I guess, walking the streets. It was, you know, I mean, we we were lucky in Wyland, the fact that, you know, our, our school was only, uh, you know, 500 metres away anyway from our house uh, at Nicholson Avenue um, at the school was, and we were, we were not far from there. But, you know, we would, you know, both mum and dad were working full time, and so five-year-old, you're walking to school. Um, I've got a twin sister, so we'd walk to school with, um, you know, my older brother who was the three years older than, than us and so um, you know that was just what you did back in the, those days um, and I guess it was a little bit different when you came to the city we still we still went to school by ourselves but it was um, uh, you know you didn't quite have the freedom just to roam the streets uh, after school and, and just do what you want uh, as you did in Wyala so it was just a little bit more uh, uh, a little bit more guarded I suppose moving to um, what back then we considered the big you know the big smoke yeah. and uh, and as we know Sydney and Melbourne are so much bigger than Adelaide but um, yeah it was uh, um, just different. 
Yeah, mate. Um, good, good to hear. And uh, you know, I, I, I going to Melbourne it was like a big golf shock when I was a young fella. But going to Adelaide was like being in a bigger country town because it was just a more relaxed feel. So, uh, would have been awesome for you as a young fella there, I reckon. So, from from ten years of age, mate, you obviously kept playing football in Adelaide and uh, obviously enjoying that. And uh, and you would have got recognised, I'd imagine, by a club there as you sort of uh, come through the ranks and landed at was what was it Woodville that you went to or yeah, yeah. Well, it was actually West Torrens, uh, and then uh, you know, with the West Torrens amalgamated, um, you know, in the the early nineties, um, uh, and so it became with the West Torrens. Um, yeah, look, my my, my junior, uh, you know, footy was was uh, interesting. Not probably, uh, well, it'd be very different to most AFL players. I'd, I'd imagine. I I uh, you know loved my footy. I played hockey and footy and did athletics. Um, you know, growing uh, growing up in Adelaide. Um, and you know, did okay in in, uh, in football. You know, played in association sides, but I, but I never played state footy when I was uh, when I was a junior. I was quite small, and um, you know, wasn't necessarily uh, you know strong in terms of my footy uh, through you know under thirteens, fifteens, seventeens, even. Um, and I, I was uh, I played two years under seventeens and two years under nineteens in a Ford pocket, um, and you know. As you know, most guys that are uh, have got any uh, you know, form of talent are, are playing you know reserves or at least you know league footy or at least reserves footy by the time they're eighteen. So I wasn't even uh, in doing that. So um, I had a bit of a, a growth spurt at the age of nineteen and um, and went from um, you know having to play at nineteen to, to moving out of the obviously at the nineteen because I was too old and uh, and training with the with the senior squad at Woodville West Torrens and, and Mark Micken was a coach uh, back in those days and. Um, for others, we used to call him. He was um, you know, very, very honest and very genuine man, and um, and, and always uh, you know gave people an opportunity uh, when they when they worked hard and, and put the effort in. And um, I had a uh, you know a genetically, I guess, a, a good aerobic engine, and and uh, had grown up uh, doing you know state athletics and national uh, cross country and, and fifteen hundred and that. And so I had this um, ability to be able to run, fortunately, and so I uh, was able to, to win you know, most of the pre-season runs at, out at the senior squad, so that gave me, I guess, um, an opportunity to be recognised, and, um, and Mark Micken gave me an opportunity on the, uh, at St R Ford in, in the, the league in my first year of um, you know, senior footy, and I had that growth spurt. I went from five foot eight to six foot, so it was just a, a really quick um, transition. You know, one, one year you're in a Ford pocket in the under-19s, and the next uh, year it's been up forward in the league and yes. uh, you know so it was a big a big change and I had a really good year and at the end of that year got drafted so um, I guess I went from you know always aspiring to want to play you know SNF for footy and AFL footy but not thinking that it was any really any genuine chance and to the then within the space of uh, you know two years it completely changing so yeah, it, was a, uh, it was a quick transition. Yeah, unreal, and, and and the football was really good over there. Then, like strong, it was uh, the clubs were well supported. It was like a, uh, you know, a, like, the, like the the VFL was back in the day, where you just had your, your different uh, suburbs that had those connections and and long um, long history of supporters and so forth too. And I reckon that would have been pretty awesome, mate. So I've had a few guys that played in the SAFL, like uh, Simon Lewis and a few of them, uh, that have uh, sort of been through that that system and. Um, they they loved it, mate. They reckon it was tremendous over there uh, when they were young fellas, just because of the um, the the camaraderie and the community uh, sort of feel of the football. Did you find that helped you a lot in those uh, those couple of years before you got drafted? 
Yeah, definitely. It was, uh, you know, uh, back in, uh, you know, that era, it was definitely, um, you know, you were zone-based. And, and so it was unlike the, you know, the AFL draft where you know, players come from everywhere. You, you really did stick to your, to your area. And so I was going to Woodward West Torrens to see you playing with guys that, um, you know, you, you'd uh, kind of grown up with uh, through junior ranks through, you know, I played Fitness Park uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the amateurs. And, uh, and so... You know, you were, you're playing with uh, kids all around, lived around that area, and so that was that was really good. You know, it was yeah. um, you did you build that camaraderie, and, and it was something that a bit more special rather than just players coming from everywhere. So, so that was really good. Um, and you know, there's one one you know thing with the with the Eagles um, that a footy club's done a really good job over the you know the last 25 years. I reckon you know without uh, quoting the stats, I reckon they would have had the most players drafted out of. Um, any SNFL league a club in the league uh, over the last uh, twenty odd years because they've just had this ability to always promote from within and bring up their juniors and and um, not necessarily rely on you know trading players in and and uh, you know, getting uh, players from uh, the AFL system that have dropped out and 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 recruited them in so. Um, it was a really good feel at that footy club and, um, you know, they've had a lot of success uh, over the last 20 years and, um, yeah, just a good environment to be a part of. Yeah, very lucky, mate. Absolutely. And what was it like for you when you went into the AFL system? That would have been a reasonably big shock, but I, I think you, 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 you grasped it pretty quickly and you started to get regular games as a young fella. Is that right? Yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was just a, a, an amazing, I guess, uh, transition, as I said, just, uh, you know, one... And within the space of two years, I was playing under and full pocket to playing AFL, and and uh, it was a, a bit of a, a dream come true because I was a you know, Crows supporter. My mum and dad uh, had had bought us season tickets from when the Crows come into the competition in '91, so I'd, I'd been to the the, uh, the grand final the year before and, and seen them win the premiership in '98 against the Kangaroos and, and at the MCG, and, and then a couple of months after that, I, I got drafted by the Crows, and uh, you know it was just a very surreal experience. I remember. Um, you know, I went to the draft camp as most uh, you know guys did, but I, but I went there as a you know as a uh, as a twenty year old, so it was a bit bit different. You know, most of the guys going there are 17, 18, so a mature age guy, and um, um, and so that was a little bit unusual. But spoke to I think I you know, had 15, 15 out of the sixteen clubs to you know be interviewed with, and so you just didn't know where you were going to go, and had the Western Bulldogs ring me up the day before um, the draft and say, look, we're, we're probably going to take you and pick, uh, I can't remember what they were, pick eight or nine or ten. Mm. Um, you know, we've all things go to plan in terms of what we think is going to happen before us. And so, um, as most kids do going in the draft, you just don't know. You, you just want to play at the highest level and you, you're just open to going anywhere. And um, Obviously, didn't get picked up uh, with the Bulldogs pick and, and the Crows had the last pick of the, the first round because they'd won the premiership. And... Um, and uh, you know, and they picked me up, and it was just uh, you know just an unbelievable experience to think that you were you know going to the club that you'd uh, you supported for um, you know since they come into the competition. So very uh, very you know uh, much of a dream come true, and, and rocked up to the the uh, the Crows um, you know for training, and, and with all these guys that would you know won a couple of premierships and and I'd seen as um, as heroes. So it was very surreal. Yeah. Um, but fortunately for me, I. Um, you know, I got an opportunity straight away. I uh, again, in my, my running capacity and, and my genetics uh, helped me, so to be able to you know win the runs in pre season. So again, that puts you in the spotlight, and um, and then you get an opportunity from there. And I had uh, Malcolm Blighters as a coach in that first year, and you know he uh, he rewarded me for I guess work ethic and uh, and, and having a crack and uh, and and liked the way I played. Uh, and yes, yeah, so I played twenty one games out of th- uh, twenty two in the first year, and missed the last game through injury. So it was a very 
was a very uh, you know, good start to my uh, my career in terms of getting an opportunity. And um, uh, we didn't have such a good year. We, you know, we dropped off um, from the Premiership. I think we finished 13th in the end and a lot of injuries. But for me, uh, and as most young guys know, you know, you just wrap to get a game. And uh, it's really it's just about getting a game for a start. And, um, and as you go on, you start to focus more on, um, you know, the team and the results. Yeah, mate. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, so, so fortunate. It would have been interesting, obviously, because Malcolm Blight got the bullet um, not long after that. What was that like uh, for yourself uh, as an individual and how did that sort of uh, upset the fabric of the club? Yeah, well, that was... He, he didn't actually... He, the bullet, he actually just resigned and he, um, you know, he, he was just exhausted and, and you know, it was... Uh, his first year was 97. He won a premiership in his first two years and, and 99 was obviously his third year and he actually just had his resignation. He was just burnt out. Um, and so uh, he was, uh, which was, was sad because, um, you know, he was such a good coach, obviously. You know, first time at the footy club, he'd won premiership in his first two years and, you know, he's known as the Messiah. So it was just um, uh, an unbelievable, um, you know, uh, success, uh, him coming from the footy club. Um, and, and he was so good to me, you know, he, he um, as I said, gave me an opportunity in my first year at the footy club and played me every game that I, I was available um, and, and really helped my footy. Um, it was one of the best years I, I'd had, uh, you know, throughout my career. Um, uh, but he was just, um, he was just exhausted and, and fatigued from it. And, um, you know, being being in Adelaide, it's, uh, you know, in a one-team town at that stage and, you um, um, well, actually, I saw a report coming to function at night and six, but it was obviously the biggest team in the town. And, and just, you can imagine all the euphoria and, and that with um, coaching a team in Adelaide that's won a couple of premierships. So mm. he just uh, he just got to the point and had enough. And um, he was, uh, yeah, he started to, uh, I guess, get away from what his philosophies were. And, and you know, you talk to Malcolm now, and he, he says that, um, you know, he, he wasn't the same coach in 99 as he was in 97, 98. He, mm. he just, um, you know, had, had got um, tired. And so... Um, it was different to um, to come out of that, and then we obviously had Gary Ayres, and and, and uh, you know Ayres was uh, coming completely different, but but good in lots of ways as well. So mm. it's just a transition. Interesting, mate. When you think about Malcolm Blight, and and he was probably a pioneer of uh, of, of self awareness, I guess back then to realise his his own mental capacity and his mental state to be able to sort of say, well, hang on, enough's enough. Whereas a lot of guys will just keep pushing. Um, you know, so I saw what happened to him at St Kilda. It was probably a similar thing, I guess, too. And um, and he probably knows when his batteries are flat that he can uh, he can make that decision. Whereas a lot of guys, um, whether it be in sport or um, you know in the workplace or whatever, just keep going without uh, without really realising um, you know uh, where their energy levels are at. And if uh, someone like Malcolm Block can sort of stand up and say, well, "Look, I've had enough," that's that's pretty important because um, you know that's one of our falling downs as uh, as men is, is we actually like just don't know when to say no I guess a lot of the time yeah absolutely you get, uh, I couldn't uh, couldn't agree more Aaron it's just, uh, you know one of the, the most important skills in life is to have self-awareness and it's um, you know it's, it's quite sad when people don't have uh, that self-awareness because um, it not only impacts, impacts them and, and their well-being but the, the people around them as well because they can you know react in a whole lot of different ways, uh, as we know, from, from all sorts of different emotions, whether it's sadness or anger or frustration. Um, and so, you know, that ability to be self-aware is, is just absolutely critical for, uh, for any person, um, particularly, uh, you know, particularly people in, in leadership positions. And, um, uh, and you're right, you hit the nail on the head, Malcolm had that, uh, had that awareness to go, well, 
you know, I'm just not the person um, that I that I um, want to be in terms of yeah, you know, being the coach I need to be for these uh, these players at this point in time. And he recognised that he was just fatigued and exhausted, and and so needed to needed to have a rest. And so it takes a you know a strong person to do that because uh, as you know, it's, uh, they're not um, you know they don't uh, come around very often those opportunities to coach uh, an AFL side, and so it, uh, it takes a strong person to. To, um, to hand it over, and um, I've actually been involved with a couple of coaches that have done that now. You know, uh, Don Pike a few years ago at the Crows did the same thing, and again, someone that, a person that's just really self-aware and, and understanding where they're at in uh, in their uh, career and their life, and, and knowing what's uh, I guess best for best for the collective rather than best for the self. So mm. yeah, it's a good it's a good skill to have. There's uh, there's some key things that, that were present for me there, Brett, with regards to that, like. With with uh, with a guy, whether it be a leader or whatever, the fear of judgment of what others might think, the fear of uh, the attachment, like losing the attachment of a title, of uh, being a leader or a coach or whatever it may be, and also the, the loss of the income. So you can get attached to those three things primarily, which can really cause suffering. So if you're brave enough to uh, to, to see it for what it is and, uh, and sort of, um, you know, say... Um, Say no with uh, with with courage uh, on on taking a direction which you're not you know purely aligned with. I think that's that's really really important as well. Yeah, it's uh, you've you touched on some you know some really pertinent points there, and it's um it, it is absolutely self awareness is is about knowing knowing yourself and, and knowing your own self worth, and it's uh, you know one thing that um. Uh, is critical in, in today's world with the you know the advent of social media and and you know uh, the pressure and expectation that that puts on people, particularly young people, because you know they've grown up with it and haven't known any different. But you know we we need to, as individuals to understand uh, what what our own self worth is, and and often um, you know unfortunately people can can see that uh, their self worth comes from their appearance or or how much money they make or who they're associated with or what type of job they've got, but. You know, it's, it's, we need to value ourselves on uh, who we are as people and, and what we value in life, and and what um, you know what we what characteristics we display. You know, how good a parent we are, how good a mate we are, how good a sibling we are, how good a you know son and daughter we are, and and, and that's the, the most important thing. Uh, you know, you as a person, not not you as uh, you know as a worker or you as a um, you know. Uh, a sports person, um, fundamentally, you've got to be really comfortable with um, with yourself and, and how you act in many situations. So, um, those, those uh, you know, those leaders that can do that, that have got a really good understanding about who they are and what their value is um, to themselves and to um, to other people, are, are the ones that tend to you know, tend to be well for a start. That they're you know physically and mentally they're in a good place because they they get it. Um, and that you know that largely starts with uh, what like starts with self-awareness and so the people that can um you know can understand how to get to that um state of uh, state of mind um uh, is uh, is great and, and you know some people take longer than others and uh, and some people never get there uh, unfortunately for them yeah. um but that's uh, that's life we're all on a different journey aren't we um yeah. but uh, you know it's um for, for those that can and for those that can educate others on it then it's um it's uh that's a good thing for your, for your own um, you know, mental health and emotional health. Can make a difference, definitely. Tell me, mate. Um, going back to football, there, like, you know, from from your own journey and sort of moving on from where we where we were before in sort of uh, two thousand and eight and nine, I think it was where we, where we sort of finished off. But did you did you remember 
um, like episodes of guys that had mental health problems in the in the football uh, world that you're in, which, which were just not recognised back then. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, you know, it's uh, as you know, we've come through this uh, this, this journey as uh, as a community and a society where we're you know it was you know mental health was uh, mental health issues were taboo to talk about and and um, you know they were bottled up and you know it was seen as a I guess as a sign of weakness, and so they weren't talked about, and it was it was frowned upon to talk about. And you know, I remember, um, you know, uh, one or two guys, uh, probably late in my career, just um, you know, younger guys particularly, just just putting their hand up and just saying, "Hey, I'm just not feeling right here." And and so, um, and and that was there was certainly judgment uh, in those days, and um, and so people had this, uh, you know. Um, preconceived idea about you know what those people uh were like and, and what they needed to do and, and that was just you know no no fault of their own it was just um the way society saw that um you know the people with those issues which is uh unfortunate but now you know, now we know that um we've cut such a long way as a community especially in the last uh, 10 years it's just been you know been really pleasing and um you know we we, we uh we've got so much awareness around mental health and uh and the challenges that people face, and um, and which is great, you know, I'm I'm uh, uh, I've been an ambassador for a, a mental health organisation over here in Adelaide for, for the last five years called Breakthrough um, Mental Health Research Foundation, mm-hmm. and it's um you know it's just been really good uh, you know um, experience to to to, uh, to be involved in that, and um, and uh, really you know enjoy uh, spreading the word around um, mental health awareness, um, which is important, and I think we're. You know, as I said, as a community and society, we've we've done a really good job at that. Now, for me, the, the critical thing is that we we put interventions in place and we put strategies in place and and are proactive about supporting and and uh, yeah, building people's um, uh, mental health or caring for their mental health and, and building their their resilience and amplifying the resilience. So, mm. um, because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of challenge out there, there's a lot of struggle, there's a lot of um, expectation, a lot of judgment, um, and so we need to no different to our physical health. We need to, to proactively um, support our mental health. So, mm. um, yeah, it's uh, it's great that we're we're all on this um, in this journey in terms of you know be able to make it aware and and, and make it not too to talk about, but then also um, be proactive in uh, you know supporting it. Yeah, well said, mate. It's it's really interesting. Like you think back, say uh, around you know, say ten years ago or more, uh, a guy that maybe had depression or anxiety then, um, the fear of that label uh, would have been um, you know too too deep and, and too uh, it's too significant. But what what it is, Brett, is our nervous system gets out of balance primarily, you know, and um, and there's things that have gone on in our lives when we're young fellas or we've had some trauma that's been unrecognised or whatever it may be and and things, you know, where our, our batteries get flat, as I mentioned, like we're, unless we're able to recognise that and do, you know, like the leaders that you mentioned, uh, what, what they actually did, they stood up, um, you know, because... We, we have, uh, you know, sports people primarily, but also people in general, males in general have got a, a role in life, whether they're a husband or a father or whatever, they've got these deep expectations on them to be able to keep performing. Um, and uh, and if, if that's taken away from us and we sort of lose our identity, and that attachment to our, that identity can cause suffering at the end of the day. But, um, but primarily, um, you know, for you to be able to be vulnerable, I think that that's a skill that a lot of us guys don't have um, to actually, you know, to sort of, you know, uh, speak about how you're feeling consistently, but also, you know, 
Um, be okay to talk about things when you are out of balance um, to, to make sure that uh, you're being heard without any, without any fear of judgment because that's, that's one of the real, the real traps that I suppose which is deep in our cellular, cellular memory of, is, is what other people might think about us at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Look, well, well said. It's um, you know, there's there's so many elements to this, you know, to this uh, these mental health challenges, and it's not a you know one size fits all. But there's there's so many uh, you know uh, reasons why you know people suffer from it. There's so many reasons why people are you know dealing with it, and, and so many triggers. But um, you know, for me, there's um, well, there's a couple of things to pick up on. Expectation is a big one. You know, it's. Uh, we, we um, you know, we live in a society now where social media um, has um, magnified uh, people's expectations of what they should be, um, and and so, you know, um, when you, when it's put in front of you all the time, and and uh, you know, social media has a way, whether it's Instagram or um, Facebook or Twitter or you know, all these different platforms of. Of people, um, you know, posting images and, and uh, videos of them, you know, succeeding at that or looking like this or eating this and, and doing that, and, mm-hmm. and and so the people that consume that um, that, that media um, often uh, don't have the the experience or the knowledge or the, the self awareness to understand that um, the people posting those that that's not their life all the time. You know, everyone's going through struggles. Everyone's got their challenges. You know, and so often we can. We can uh, be misguided and think, oh, wow, look at that person. You know, they're, they're, look at what they're doing. They're eating that now. They're looking like this now. Oh, how good's their life? My life's not that good. And, and so you can get this, you know, expectation that everyone else's life um, or certainly the people you're looking at is just great and, and yours is not and so you can get down on yourself. Mm. The reality is those people have got their struggles as well. They've got their challenges and, and life's not good for them. But, but no one tends to post, uh, you know, when they're feeling low or when they're, when they're not looking so good or when they're not eating a nice meal. So... We, we've um, we've got to educate and and um, and uh, you know make sure we uh, we pass on um, you know our experience to, to those people and particularly the younger generation to go hey it's okay everyone's struggling you know so to, to normalise that and uh, to go well life's not about being happy all the time you know what, what is well being well fundamentally well being is it's you know um, simply feeling well and functioning well but. Where well-being is, you know, on a continuum from struggling to thriving, and we're continually on this, you know, up and down and ebbing and flowing along that continuum. And, and so, you know, one moment uh, life's not great because, uh, you know, you've, you've just um, you've been moved on from your job, or you've uh, you've had a bad day at work, or you know, you've, you've lost a loved one, or you know, there's, there's a plethora of things that happen from day to day that. Um, you know, that uh, our well-being starts to struggle. But then, you know, tomorrow, you know, it's uh, one of our kids' birthdays or this has happened. And so we're, we've got to realise that we're on this constant um, ebbing and flowing and that's okay. Um, but it's more about what resources have you got, what knowledge have you got, what experience have you got to be able to um, cope during those times of struggle so you can get yourself back up, um, you know, above the line. Um, and so that's, that's always my message to people that um, don't think that, uh, you know, life's supposed to be rosy and happy at the time, um, but make sure that you're, you're building your capability and, uh, and your capacity to be able to deal with the, um, the normal ebbs and, ebbs and flows of life. Mm. Um, and, you know, you, you picked up on the fact that, you know, males, uh, you know, historically haven't been great at talking about that. You know, we're getting better at it. I think that this, you know, one of the... You know, the great thing about the millennial generation is they are, have been more open, they have been more vulnerable. And so we know now that, um, you know, vulnerability builds connection. Um, you know, and, and when you've got a, 
uh, you know, a vulnerable leader um, that, you know, can stand up and, and can say, you know what, I, I'm not perfect, you know, I, I've got my flaws, I, you know, I'm not good at this, I need help here, I've got here. That, that creates a really powerful connection with um, with whoever you're, you're you know, leading and whoever you're, you're working with. And so, um, you know, we now know from the research, from, you know, from a whole lot of different people, you know, Breno Brown and Adam Grant and all these great researchers in this space that... Um, uh, you know, the ability to be able to talk about it um, is not uh, is not now seen um, well by those people that are doing the right thing as, as uh, you know a weakness. It's actually a strength, and um, it can build you know contact um, connection and uh, and, uh, and show strong leadership. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's it's important too. Like you know, it's been talked about for for centuries about the importance of, of, of routine. Um, you know, to keep coherence physically and mentally so a lot of these ancient traditions which i always refer to have had these practices in their lives on a daily basis which keeps them uh, grounded you know keeps them balanced and more neutral and those types of things so so you know with regards to you know uh, honoring your physical body in the morning and also honoring your your, your mental um, clarity and, and well-being by by developing routine can help those uh, roller coasters become a little bit smoother um, you know, as you go through life, would you agree? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, it's and it's you know, it's up to each individual to, to work out work what works for them. Um, you know, I I've been a, a long term meditator. I, I practice um, you know transcendental meditation. Have done for you know probably nine or ten years now, which uh, means that I you know meditate for twenty minutes twice a day, and and that's what works for me. And and. You know why do I do that? Um, well, there's so many benefits to it for for, um, for me, and um, you know the ability to be able to emotionally regulate, the ability to be able to be self-aware. That is probably one of the the, the major benefits. Um, but we know now. You know, I mean, one of the greatest thing, you know, I guess not inventions, but the, one of the, the greatest things to come out of the research in the last ten to fifteen years is, is this you know whole concept about neuroscience, and, and now understanding that you know whether it's um, meditation or it's mindfulness or it's breathing all of these um you know uh, activities that we can do can have a, a physiological impact on our brain and, and can actually you know um strengthen the you know the areas of our brain the prefrontal cortex and, and and these parts of our brain that help us to, to emotionally regulate and to, to make it a better decisions and 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 quieten down um you know the, the amygdala which is the, you know, the the part of the brain that controls our stress response and our fear and and so um, you know, when when we can tap into that and, and understand that, and we've got again, we've you know, we've got better as, as that as a community, and and the science, you know, science behind it now is so uh, you know uh, evidence based, and, and the efficacy around it is really good. That um, we are starting to you know to make it more stream, and you know, in schools they're teaching you know, mindfulness and breathing and meditation, which is great because um, you know the, these. Uh, you know, as a community now, we, we need these skills, you know. We, we, we live in a different world. We have, as I said before, we have so much more expectation, so much pressure, you know. Um, you know living, you know, in today's world compared to my parents, you know, back in the back in the 50s and 60s, you know, there wasn't as much pressure as expectation. You didn't have mobile phones. You didn't have the internet. You didn't have social media where you, you constantly, you know, got this influx of information. You're constantly, you know, on call, you, you know. Um, I mean, I remember growing up, uh, you know, in, in Wyler in the 80s, um, you know, we had a home phone, um, you know, and so that was it, you know. And so you, you, when my parents were at work, they were at work. When they were at home, they were at home. They, they weren't at work. They weren't on this constant, 
you know, ability to be contacted. You know, they weren't emailing late at night. They weren't getting phone calls late at night. And so we're, we're continually on as a, uh, as a society now. And, and that puts stress on, uh, on the body and puts stress on the mind. And, and, and so how do we, uh, how do we get rid of that stress? Um, we, we need other, um, strategies to be able to do that. And, um, you know, there's lots of different strategies. Um, uh, and some of those are, you know, as I mentioned before, breathing and meditation, mindfulness. So for me, um, you know, my, uh, meditation works for me. Doesn't work for everyone, um, but you, you do, certainly do need to be able to find something that works for you to to basically just help you switch off and, and quieten yourself down and um, and get that rest and recovery that we all need. Mm, yeah, well said, mate. It's interesting. Like I always, when I have a guy or a lady or someone that, that, that talks to me about the the right tools and techniques to use for them, I always sort of sort of refer back to them uh, and, and ask them what it is that makes them feel calm, you know, to, to try and yes, find that, yes. that, that, calm, yep. that calm sense of feeling and then be able to, you know, use that on a daily basis to, to be the foundation of their meditation practice and, and, and connect with mm-hmm. their heart. If they can connect with their heart again, then that's, that's really the, 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 the true self sort of coming to the fore, I suppose, primarily, and that helps the nervous system settle down and then you find that the body starts to work better, you become more neutral and um, mind's less agitated. So, you know, using the heart as an anchor, I believe, is, you know, a great, um, a great practice for people to, uh, to, to learn how to slow down, you know, and find those, um, those things that, uh, that, that, that are unique to them because everyone's different, you know, to be able to find a tool uh, that's unique to them to be able to keep them, um, keep them grounded on a daily basis, I think is so important. So, mate, it's, it's, in, it's really interesting to hear you talk about the old days, yeah, we got a letter in the mail. We, we had a phone call occasionally, but you had no stimulation, mate. It was um, uh, very easy back then, but we've got so much stimulation now. It's crazy, and unfortunately, we've had to adapt to it. But at the same time, if we're going to use it, then we need to make sure that we're, we're doing the things uh, that can help us um, you know, keep more balanced, I suppose, at the end of the day as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. It's, uh, you know, well, well said. It's, uh, you know, you're that... You're right. That ability to be able to connect into the heart, and, and again, where does where does that you know, where does that ability to be able to do that? It comes from self awareness, doesn't it? It comes from that ability to go, well, okay, what can I tune into here? And, and we we now know that you know um, we've had this this whole idea about gut instinct for, for so many years, and, and again, we now know through through the science that um, there uh, you know there's there's evidence behind the fact that our, our gut you know is kind of like our second brain, and it does tell us things. We've had this you know intuition. Uh, you know, response and, and so your ability to be able to go, well, what does work for me? You know, think about, you know, well, my mind's telling me this, what's my heart telling me, what's my gut telling me? And, and um, you know, I know that can sometimes be a bit abstract and a bit, uh, a bit weird to people, but, you know, for those people that um, are open to it and can tap into how they're feeling, um, that, that's a really good place to start. So, um, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're spot on the fact that, um, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all uh, approach. It's about uh, what works for you, and, and um, I like that, you know, how, how, what makes you feel calm and, um, and tap into that and, and see if you can get more of that because, um, yeah, we just need to switch off, don't we? We, need yeah, to, uh, we can live in the world we want to live in and, and uh, you know, and, and enjoy all the benefits of, uh, you know, social media and I'm not, not um, you know, bagging social media because it's created just a, an amazing amount of connection between people and, and the way the world uh, operates now and it's got so many benefits but um we uh, you know we need to use it like we need to use all things um with um with caution and, and realize that uh, um you know it's uh, it's not just um use it and abuse it we've got to we've got to try to 
kind of put it through a, a filter to go, well, you know, how do I use it best? And, and if I am going to use it, then what do I need to offset um, what, it's, uh, what it's providing for me? Yeah, that's true. It's like any consumption. If you're over-consuming food or alcohol or, you know, um, anything in life, if you're doing too much of it, then it's going to have uh, an impact. So to be able to use it as a tool that, uh, that can give... Um, benefits i suppose rather than uh you know take uh, take things the other way i think it's really important brett so so with regards to what you're doing now you you've you've sort of moved out of football altogether you're not involved in coaching and you're doing more in the well-being space is that right yeah yeah so i uh you know i finished my uh, my footy career in 2010 and and i uh, had um you know uh I guess again, uh, fortunately for, for me, getting drafted later meant that I'd already um, completed, completed a couple of years of a uni degree um, in uh, sports science, and, and so you know the early days of footy were really you know kind of you're kind of part time, you went full time, and so I finished my my undergrad uh, degree in my first year of footy, and and then uh, a couple of years into my career, I, uh, I completed um, well over a three or four year period because it was uh, part time, because um, footy was pretty full on then, uh, an honours degree, so. So that was really good to have that uh, that grounding behind me, and and uh, you know I had a had a, uh, a keen interest in, in high performance, and you know how to how to get the best out of people physically uh, and mentally um, when I was playing, and uh, um, and so I was able to step straight into a high performance role um, when I retired in 2010, and and fortunately uh, you know got a, got an opportunity up at the Brisbane Lions, and so I was, I was up there for five years as a high performance manager, and and then uh, at the end of 2015 I came back to uh, Adelaide and. Uh, the high performance role at the, the Adelaide Crows, and um, and then uh, succeeded to, to move into the head of footy role there, which was um, you know was all encompassing and, and uh, a great opportunity. And did that for three years, and you know we made the grand final in the first year in 2017, which was great. Um, unfortunately, didn't get the the result we were looking for, and, and um, you know then a few things happened. Uh, it was infamous camp that was you know has been uh, reported to, to death, and but nothing uh, has ever come of it, um, and so. I got moved on at the end of 2019 after a couple of years. Um, as I said, Don Pike, uh, you know, he uh, he handed in his resignation. He'd uh, kind of got to a point where he'd had enough and uh, didn't feel like he could um, continue to coach. So that um, started a bit of a ripple effect and um, uh, there was a change in the, you know, in the leadership there. And so I moved out of there at the end of 2019. And um, and since then, I've, uh, you know, just, uh, I guess I took, took, a, took a breath and, and had an opportunity to, um, uh, you know, focus back on family as we do with those, those jobs and when we talk about moderation sometimes we can you know we can uh, we can overwork as well and and uh, you know follow our passion too much and and whilst i've uh, um you know always uh, valued uh, my time with family the reality of that industry is it is uh you know so busy and so consuming particularly that uh, the, the role that i was doing as, as a head of footy and so you, you know you're working 60 hours a week you you're away every second weekend and and when you're when you're hard on on weekends during the footy season, you, you know you're at an AFL game, you're at an NFL game, so it, it's pretty full on. So um, you know, uh, I, I got the opportunity to um, take some time off, and so um, I got uh, my wife and we've got five young kids. So we uh, we took a caravan, uh, hired a caravan, at the end of uh, end of January last year when the first day back at school, and, and we planned a three month trip around the east coast of Australia and just had uh, you know absolute ball, absolute time of our life. Um, you know, going from from uh, Caravan Park to Caravan Park, I think we went to about 33 Caravan Parks uh, yeah. on that trip, and and just um, you know just got that lived the dream of you know no no meetings, no schedules, just you know you know spend the day at a place you know that was not fulfilling it. You know we we're really just chasing the surf, 
and uh, or stay four or five days, whatever whatever we felt like. So um, yeah, that was just a, an unbelievable trip and, and created some amazing memories. And uh, it's funny how uh, you know life works out uh, for the better. Um, often when uh, when the opportunity presents, sometimes it's for, sometimes it's not. But uh, you know, I never have got that opportunity. I'm still in the footy industry. So mm. anyway, moved um, moved on from that, and then um, yeah, I've been uh, in, in the wellbeing space um, largely since then. So uh, I now. Um, Run a uh, the wellbeing division. Um, I joined a partnership with a, another couple of guys actually connected to footy. Luke Darcy, who's um, you know uh, uh, ex Western Bulldogs player and, and obviously uh, you know, media presenter and, and uh, works on Triple M and, and calls a footy for Channel Seven and uh, runs a or ho- co-hosts a, a show called The House of Wellness. So, mm. so Luke and I have been connected um, actually through meditation. He's a, a, a long-term uh, transcendental meditator as well, and so yeah. been connected through that. Uh, um, that's um, pastime, um, and then another guy by the name of Matty Waterwitz, who um, uh, is, is Luke's business partner. He uh, um, he runs a, those guys run a, a leadership development company. Uh, have done for the last six years, um, and so Matty was um, he, he guess he consulted to us at the Adelaide Pros for the, for the four years that I was uh, the last four years that I was there as an education and, and kind of learning consultant um, to. To help the coaches be able to uh, educate on and on the best way to communicate to their players. So, so uh, yeah. So I joined uh, with those guys on the first of July. And we uh, you know, rebranded to called a leader, and, and so I I uh, head up the, the wellbeing division of that uh, business, and um, and absolutely loving it, and uh, you know, enjoying passing on my experiences and, and my knowledge uh, around caring for people's wellbeing and, and mental health, and. Uh, Certainly, uh, yeah, very fulfilled in um, my line of work at the moment. Yeah, awesome, mate. Really good to hear. I know uh, Luke, a guy that I know, uh, Steve Griffith, I think uh, Luke might have learnt uh, uh, Transcendental Meditation off him years ago or part of that program that Steve sort of delivered through the workplaces and footy clubs and that sort of thing. And it's really good to hear that uh, that, that obviously you've embraced that and, and, and he has as well. That's just a, a way that works for you to manage your mental health because it's a bookend uh both sides of your day that you can uh, you can always come back to as an anchor yeah absolutely and, and, and you're right it was steve griffith so I, I learned from steve as well um you know i was uh, um again fortunate enough to, to come across steve i uh, i worked with um his son selwyn at the the brisbane Lions. so selwyn was part of uh, part of the high performance team that i was uh, involved with there and so um you know connected to with Steve in, in, through that way, and, and we actually had Steve. Um, he, he taught a lot of the guys at the Crows in that in that 2017 year when we we made the grand final, and, and I know some of those guys, you know, still practicing as well. Guys like Rory Sloan and and some of those guys that are you know able to I guess understand the, the benefit of it and, and uh, continue and have the the you know, the the, uh, the, the uh, I guess um, habits and, and passion to be able to continue on something that, that's beneficial for them. So. Yeah, Steve. Uh, Steve had a you know a really good impact on us um, in that year, and and then taught a lot of the guys and and uh, taught a lot of the coaches as well. So, uh, no, Steve, well. Yeah, awesome, mate. It's it's so good to hear. Uh, you know that you you you've moved on from football really well, and you've um, you've been able to use that as such a platform to to uh, enhance the rest of your career outside that uh, that industry, which is going to not only help. Um, yourself as an individual but it's going to help a lot of other people that you can be in contact with so how can people reach out to you if they want to touch base with you brett and find out a bit about the work you do and uh, and what you're doing um uh as an individual but also to be able to help maybe them and also their workplace if they're looking to uh to get some support 
Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so, so we're, uh, the business is called Alida, which is A-L-D-A, and uh, the, the website's alidacollective.com. Um, so Alida's actually, it's a bit of a play uh, on words. It's um, actually uh, an old Scottish word, um, Alliday, meaning to guide, teach, educate, and draw out information, and, and comes from the um, the uh, English word laden, which means to lead. So it's got a, a bit of a, a background to it. So that's, that's, uh, that's Luke and Luke Darcy, matter what it is, myself, and, and so... Um, you know, we've got a team of, uh, of people there. Um, we work in, uh, in the education system and, and in businesses, um, you know, with leadership and, and wellbeing. So, um, yeah, as I said, just, just thoroughly enjoying it. And, um, yeah, you're right. It's, you know, it's coming out of footy, it, as I kind of touched on before, it's, um, whilst it was forced and it wasn't a great experience at the time, that, that's, that's the industry. That's professional sport when, you know, when results aren't happening, uh, for whatever reason, there's uh, often change. And we see that every year with the, Within, uh, within elite sport, but um, always a big believer the, the fact that, um, you know, uh, change and, and, and often failure and and, uh, and that just creates opportunity. And if you can reflect on, you know, those, that, that, um, those experiences and, and take, uh, you know, what you can out of it and, and just looking at, looking at it as opportunities to grow and learn, um, you know, you can move on a lot quicker and, and move on to better things. And uh, that certainly... Um, the, the way I feel about it now, you know, really, really uh, fulfilled in terms of what I'm doing because I feel as I, I uh, you know, get to positively impact, uh, you know, so many more people now, um, you know, throughout, throughout the, uh, you know, through businesses and the education system. So, uh, loving what I'm doing. That's awesome to hear, mate. And, and one key thing there, Brett, is, you know, if you can keep keep your, your, your own self and your own self-awareness in check, you can, you can, you can move through anything. If, if anything, you know, gets thrown at you, any any adversity um, that, that may knock you off track like happened to you at the end of 2019, then you've got the skills to be able to deal with it, which I think is available to all of us if we actually, like, learn um, learn techniques which can help us, um, you know, stay grounded and anchored at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it, as we've kind of touched on a, a few times on this, uh, throughout this conversation, you know, self-awareness is, is so critical and, and you know, self-awareness leads to self-leadership and, and your ability to be able to lead yourself and you can't lead others before you, you lead yourself. If you're not you know, physically healthy, mentally healthy, then it's very hard to uh, provide an environment for others where they can, they can uh, flourish and, and, and thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, uh, I certainly look at... Um, you know what what happens uh, on, a, on a daily basis, and you can open your eyes, and you can realise that you know stuff happens all the time. Shit happens, <laughs> yeah, but, but what what can you control out of it? And um, obviously, you know, I uh, am uh, you know into the science of it, and and, um, and 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 study it a lot. But we you know we know that um, you know the average person has sixty to eighty thousand thoughts a day. You know, and, and that's a lot of thoughts. You know, you wouldn't think that we have that many thoughts, but we're literally you know. Constantly, you know, thinking, analysing, and and of those six to eighty thousand thoughts, ninety five percent of them are repetitive. So we, yeah. you know, we tend to think about something and we, we go over it again, and go over it again, and and, and of those ninety five percent, they say that ninety percent are negative, you know, mm-hmm. and so that's a lot of negative thoughts, you know, fifty thousand negative thoughts a day, and so it's our ability to be able to, um, you know, to to have those thoughts come in, um, and if we've got the self awareness, we can recognise, go, oh, okay. It's the sort of thoughts. Let's grab that information. What that negative information? They put it in a bucket and go right. Now, what can I control out of that? And, and you know, and that's what I guess self awareness does for me. Is the ability to be able to go, okay, here's some negative information. Here's some negative thoughts. Now, what can I control out of that? And when you 
when you're able to have that awareness and, and have that ability to be able to recognise um, catching yourself thinking like that, you've you then got the ability to decide, okay, well, what do I do about it? You know, and, and we can then move to go, well, we know we can't control what we can't control and we can't control the past. So what, what can I control going in the future? It's very, um, I guess, uplifting and enlightening to go and you feel like you've got control. It's so much more control of, of what's going on in your life and to, to be able to, you know, really move quickly past that negative situation, that negative experience, that ability to be able to respond because we all get to, you know, choose how we, how we respond to any situation. No one controls you know, our, our thoughts and our, our movements, it's, it's only us. So nice. um, if you've got that self-awareness and that ability to be able to do that, then, um, yeah, it's, it's a good place to be. Yeah. Um, it, might be getting, it might be getting a little bit too deep for some people, but right. it's, um, um, you know, for those people that can uh, get to that, that um, you know, period where they, they have got that self-awareness and look, we're all on that journey. I'm, you know, we've got five kids and at times I can get agitated with them and I can, mm. you know... Uh, been a bit grumpy from time to time, but if, you know, I've got the ability to be able to catch myself and go, hang on in here, like, just a little yeah. bit tense, just calm yourself down, um, you know, you get a better result out of it. That's it. But it's in with it's within all of us, Brett. You know, we, we can do these little things on a daily basis which can, can shift us, you know, we're, we're, whether you're good at it or not. It doesn't matter if you're the worst, the worst person for exercise, meditation, eating, whatever it is, you know, you can make small changes which can actually help you move forward and, and create a better pathway for yourself and that might need some support sometimes. But uh, at the same time, you've got an opportunity every day to, to make changes which can help um, help not only you but everyone else around you. So that's, that's, that's really well said. And, um, you know, not beat ourselves up because, as you mentioned, like 90,000 negative thoughts a day is a lot. Uh, or 90% of your thoughts are, are negative a day. And, um, you know, to be able to see that and, and not really buy into that negativity, I think, is a, a choice that we can all um, all embrace as well, possibly. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. And it's, uh, you're right. It, it, it's a skill. It, it's put mm. simply, it's a skill. And, and, and any skill can be learned. And so that's all it is. It's not, it's not, it's not magical. It's not, it's not genetical. You know, it's, it's not, um, you know, necessarily, well, it is, I guess, environmental in terms of, you know what you're exposed to and and that, but um, everyone can learn. And we and we you know seen you know within the community, you can have people that can you know can be not great people and and you know be in trouble with the law or whatever else. But they they get to a, you know a, a time in their life and, and go through an experience where they can actually reflect and can actually be self aware and they can change. So we can we can all um, you know uh, can all go through that journey and can all change. And uh, as I said before, different. Different people go through it at different stages. Some people never go through it, um, which is unfortunate. But um, it's uh, it is just a skill, and it's um, uh, and we need to, you know, we need to educate and, and teach our young ones, um, you know, about the skills, as I said, of, of mindfulness or meditation or, or breathing. And you know, we we do some you know work in schools where we we teach uh, kids that um, because, as I said before, it's needed so much more than it ever has been mm. um, because of what they're exposed to now and, um, you know, the pressures and the expectations and, um, and the intensity they're, they're exposed to throughout life. So, mm. um, yeah, it's a, it's a good skill to have. Awesome. Make the most of the human experience, mate. Every, every day can be, uh, be better than, than, than what we've lived before if we, if, we, uh, if we can find time for ourselves and our own well-being, mate. So I, I really appreciate the chat, Brett, and I hope a few people might reach out to you and, and get some uh, some guidance and support, and particularly if they've got uh, a business that they're looking for uh, some assistance to, it could be uh, 
helpful to them to be able to get uh, the expertise of people like yourself and Luke and, and people that have had uh, some pretty significant experience to be able to pass on and, and help them as individuals but also help their team. So I really appreciate it, mate. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for your time. Good to, good to chat. Enjoyed the, uh, enjoyed the conversation and, um, uh, yeah, be well. Thanks so much for listening in. Uh, pretty inspirational guy, um, Brett. You know, geez, what a journey with football, like having such a long career as a player and coach and sort of coming out and doing something he's really passionate about now. So, um, yeah, you know, really positive, um, positive fella. And, uh, you know, although our lives can't be continually positive, as he mentioned, um, you know, doing things that can help us, uh, you know, keep balance. So I think it's really important that's available to us all, whether we've been through lots of stuff or not, you know, we can, we can move on and, uh, and, and, and live better lives uh, day by day. And, you know, it's really good that I can bring this podcast to you and bring people like Brett on that have uh, got lived experience um, uh, from various aspects of life too uh, and to pass on their wisdom and knowledge I think is really important. So I appreciate you joining in. Please feel free to, to share this with others. If you want to reach out to me, please email support at outbackmind.com.au. Thanks very much. Cheers.